At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Gianna Brusella works over at Fujitsu, and she is the host of the As Cool As It Gets podcast. Now, I asked her how to pronounce her name. She said it's Brusella, but she is Italian, so I'm going to say Brucella because that is the <laughs> that's the Italian pronunciation. So Gianna Brucella, she's the host of the As Cool As It Gets podcast. She invited me to be on her show, and I said, hey, why don't we do a duel, right, where we record and it goes out on both of our channels, which I've done in the past before, and I think it's a pretty cool thing to collab like that. So the interview process is mostly her asking me questions. I ask her a few, but it basically turns into a story of my HVAC life and my, I guess, escapades online. And it's just kind of like a, a chill conversation, and I open up about my life in the trade and my life dealing with people online and, and what it's like to, to be involved in social media so heavily, like the way I am in this trade. So give it a listen, guys. It's, it's a good, chill, open conversation. This is the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group and how fitting that we're talking to Gianna from Fujitsu because Master they rep the Fujitsu brand, and you can get all your Fujitsu equipment at Master. So check out master.ca. This podcast is sponsored by Cintas. If you want to check out their blue-collar line of uniform workwear to keep you cool, dry, and even warm, and the elements, we got a landing page for you to check out is cintas.com forward slash HVAC know-it-all. I want to ask you, um, <laughs> what is the coolest thing that's ever happened to you? Um, in the trade of this the trade I'm working in? In anything at all. Could be, could, could not be. The coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Well, I mean, having kids is pretty cool. I mean, mm -hmm. that's an experience on its own, right? I mean, nobody, everybody, I, I mean, you're, you're female and, and females, women always talk about how hard it is to give labor, right? Uh, and, and I'm not taking anything away from that. That, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to do. But at the same time, the, 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 the man, uh, or the dad has a lot of stress as well. Like, I mean, just sitting there watching this happen and seeing your child in trauma, seeing your wife in trauma, these two people sometimes don't make it through, um, childbirth. And that's in the back of your head too, right? So there's, there's a lot of things that you, and, and you feel helpless because you can't do anything. There's nothing you can do to help. You just got to watch and support. So that is obviously one of the coolest things is, is just having your own kids and seeing them just come alive. But I mean, if we're talking within the trade, I did something very cool last week. I went to Florida. I was invited down there by um, a company called Helios. And they're a major commercial company within the, the US. They're in 40 plus states. And they asked me to come down, sit with them in some meetings and go out with them on some job sites. Uh, the family got to come down. We stayed at Disney. 
and that was pretty cool for them. But it was like ride-alongs, going to job sites, sitting in the boardroom, trying to poke holes in knowledge gaps, and just meet and greets. Uh, we we did like HVAC Jeopardy, uh, but it it was cool just to go down there and experience the trade in a whole different place where I've never been, right? And meet the people within the trade that are in those places. And just the fact that they came and, and asked me to come there, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool on its, in itself. And this is one of the reasons that I preach good um, positivity online, good, solid positivity and educational content, because one day someone's gonna notice and they're gonna give you an opportunity. It might just be a job opportunity, it might be an opportunity to work with brands in the industry. It might be something like I just mentioned. But when you establish yourself as some, someone that cares about what you're doing and wants to provide education, wants to learn and wants to teach, you will find opportunity if you do it the right way. So that, that was pretty cool to go down to Florida for nine days and, and hang out with, with other people in the trade. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. And it, like you said, it, it does say a lot when you're invited to do something like that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like you, for sure. You've definitely um, are you're, are get are not getting noticed. Like you've been noticed, and and I think that's just like a testament to what you're doing in the trade, and it probably just it's like um, affirming for you. Yeah. It, it, for, for sure. And I mean, the, the, the thing is, is you got to stay grounded during all of it. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't get on a high. You can, you, you can, you can like it. You can love it. You can appreciate it, but you can't let it turn you into something like that. You're up here and everyone's down here. Now you have to stay level-headed and you can't let that kind of stuff um, turn you into something you're not. So that's just something to be wary of because a lot of kids in the trade, they turn in, in, I've been through it. And this is how I know you, you get five years in six years in, you start getting some larger jobs and opportunities and going to the, the harder service calls, you're getting through them. But guess what? Um, you start to build a little bit of a cockiness. Yeah. And this is something that you can't do because that cockiness, yeah, it might live for a year, two years, and then you're going to be thrown into something that is going to slap you right in the face and it's going to knock you back to the ground. And it's better to stay grounded than go up here and be knocked back to, to square one, right? Yeah. Just be, just, be, just be wary of it, is all I'm saying. Yeah, so then how do you, is there any like practical ways you would stay grounded or you're just kind of just stay aware of? I, I don't know. It's, it's hard. One of the, the things that I've talked about is is having a visionary in front of you. And I think we talked about this a few weeks ago on, on an episode, but just seeing different avenues that the future holds. Mm -hmm. Like I could go down that avenue and this is what it may cause in my life. I could go down that avenue and this is what it may cause. Basically looking at the future in multiple ways and finding out what the best avenue is for you to take that's gonna cause you less headache, um, less grief, less, less of, anything that's going to impact your life in a negative fashion. Mm -hmm. So you just got to, you just got to look ahead. I mean, it's hard to have a crystal ball, but everybody's been through experiences in their life and walking around being the, the cocky technician at the office or the, the shop or at the, the supply house. What did that get you? 
Did it get you anything that affected your life positively? Most cases, probably not. So you got to use your past experiences to go forward. Yeah. And I think that like, it's easy probably to, to use your cockiness or, or whatever as a form of instant gratification, because right, like if, if you can say, oh, look, I did this or I got this job or it's, or like showing off in some way, like you kind of, yeah. you kind of get high off of that. Like, mm-hmm. like this makes me feel really good and I'm going to say this right now or act this way right now because it feels good, but I'm not even thinking about how it's going to impact me later. And that's where, that's like how, like all trouble starts with that. I think with that idea of being immediately satisfied in some way. Yeah. And, and that's what social media does for a lot of people, yeah. including myself. If you, if you just hit that one meme that gets you like a thousand likes, you're like, yeah, I'm a funny guy, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm a funny guy. Now, now I can, and then your next meme gets a hundred and you're like, oh man, maybe I'm not so funny, right? right? It's just one of those things. It's just, it's when you get the gratification from other people, it puts you on that, that high. It gives you that hit of dopamine. And, and that's why a lot of people, they, they come back. It's like a drug. People want to come yeah. back for more of that, right? They want to come back for more of that gratification. But I mean, and it takes some, some time to realize there's, there's valleys, there's ups and downs in business, there's ups and downs in social media. You're not always going to, you might do an install and take video footage of it and think it's, oh my God, the, 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 the community is going to love me for this one. Mm-hmm. You post it and all it is is like, well, I would have done that different. And you're like, oh man, right. like I thought this was going to be a hit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you just got to, you got to go in with not really high expectations, but just be yourself and be who you are, come through as, as that and, and stay on that mission. Because yeah. as soon as you let other people make you act like someone you're not to get the gratification, then you're doing it wrong. Now you're going down the wrong path. Right. And you're not even, then you lose power also. You're literally subject. Yeah. You're fake. To, you're, yeah, yeah. you're, and you're fake at that point. You right. don't, you don't want to be fake. You want to come, you want to come through as genuine. Yeah. And at some point people figure it out. So you can only keep it up for a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, so if this is going, go on, go on. Sorry. No, uh, go I'll, ahead. I'll jump in. I was going to say, if this is going out in both of our, um, platforms i gotta ask you some questions too i gotta interview you too you can but just know that <laughs> i'm not the i'm not the technical person so you can ask me no 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 many no, no. things okay yeah so i wanted to ask you about fujitsu because mm-hmm. it seems like to me anyway that there's i don't want to say effort because i didn't really hear much of fujitsu as i came through the trade it was a lot about mitsubishi and dakin and yeah. Now all of a sudden you guys have this cool, is it an office and training center like right in Manhattan? Like, Yeah, we have a showroom training center in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and, and I've seen um, a, lot of, a lot of the social media, some sort of characters and, and, and stuff going down there for your, your trainings and really kind of raising the brand uh, as far as uh, the, the exposure goes. Yeah. But also to the... Um, the main supplier I use up here called Master, mm-hmm. they also carry and distribute Fujitsu. Yes. And I've been hearing a lot of good things about it lately. So has, has there been a point where Fujitsu turned the corner as far as what they're doing and I just didn't notice until recently or has this always been like this or, is it, or did something happen here? 
Are you asking like social media specifically or just like in general, what have we done Just like, well, the tra- the whole training, the whole training center yeah. in Manhattan is pretty cool on its own. So, I mean. Yeah, the training center has been there for, I'm honestly not sure when, how long. I know it's been there okay. for a while now. Um, definitely within the last, I want to say the last five or 10 years. Um, but it's a great space for us to use like we we can host trainings there but we can also like I don't know if you saw anything about our we had an influencer event and that was just really great because we have this space where we can host people and we can get to know people and show them who we Uh are without you know being in like a I don't know without being in like a maybe tense environment or like at HR where where everybody's you know running around like it was just a time where we can just kind of chill and hang out yeah. essentially yeah um mm-hmm. so i would say that we've we've been around <laughs> but i think the change has come to when we've connected better with the people who are installing our product um because if they don't know who we are like you said why would it's like I, you didn't really hear about us, so like, why are you going to install our product if you don't even know who we are or what we what we stand for, what we believe in, um, if we even stand by our product? So I think um, just kind of being more active and present in on social media has just helped a lot with building relationships and you know getting our name out. Yeah, a hundred percent is true. It's just it's just good customer relations when you can stay in touch with your customers and you can sort of be there to support them in any kind of way and give exposure to your brand that the customer enjoys and, and likes to see and look at, that's going to be helpful for anybody. Yeah. It really, it really is. I mean, it's just like me running my own business, going out and fixing and repairing and, and servicing equipment. If my customers don't know who I am, the phone's not going to ring. Mm-hmm. So I have to find strategic ways to get in front of my customers. And then once I do, it's now it's up to me to sell them on me. Yeah. So getting in front of the customer is one thing. You could have an awesome social media page and you could get tons of engagement, tons of likes and comments and this and that. But when you're, when you actually, your product gets in front of the customer, mm-hmm. now it's go time. Now you really have to sell them on what you're all about. Right. right? Right, so that's why it is, it is so valuable to have people actually come out to our showroom because they can see the product. They can, you know, ha- be hands-on. Like, that's that's what it's about. So um, just kind of, I think for us, just being able to utilize our resources, like what we have. Like, we have this spot in Manhattan. And, yeah. you know, why not invite people down and and put ourselves in front of them and then and our product is that is that where you're located in manhattan um not right now we have a our headquarters okay. is in jersey so gotcha um we're not far it's like a half hour out but um it definitely has a better view in the city i would say well you don't <laughs> you don't have that hardcore new jersey accent no so i th- i think if you're it's funny because i've i've heard like mixed things and jersey if you go like south jersey you're you're talking another language. I was my yeah. one of one of my uh, my sister-in-law. She's from like as as south as it gets in Jersey, and we have very different accents. Um, but like, I guess I haven't really said any words that are pretty Jersey yet, like dog or water or like. Oh, do- dog! That was yeah. that was dog. a big one. <laughs> yeah, 
dog. Like to say like dog. Um, yeah. That's different. But on your Facebook page, you have about, I want to say, 160,000 followers now on the HVAC yeah. Know It All page. How did that even start? How did the HVAC Know It All page start? Yeah. And like what made you start a, what, what made you start a Facebook page? So if you guys have a tool prototype or just an idea, even chicken scratch on a napkin that you've drawn out or something like that, Supco Trade Fox, what they do is they take these inventions if they want to, if you guys want to work with each other, first of all, that's got to happen, right? And if they see value, you see value. You can partner up on bringing that tool to market. If you guys follow along with um, Instagram, you'll see that Mike Flynn brought a tool to market. It's a pipe level. And these are the kinds of things that can happen when you work alongside Subco Trade Fox and you basically collect royalties on that tool idea and tool invention. So if you're interested in going through the submittal form, you can go to subcotradefox.com and check it out. So it's a good time right now to do some hose maintenance if you're on the off season for cooling. I mean, if you do cooling all year round and you do refrigeration, you, you have to do these things constantly right but if it's the off season for you and cooling grab your hoses if you're using a manifold still i mean you still need hoses to charge and recover so grab your hoses and check to see if the seals are smushed or damaged or compressed change out those seals guys get them nice and refreshed for when you got to go use those hoses again because there's nothing worse than having a leak right refrigerant leak on your hose nitrogen leak on your hose or even an evacuation leak on your vacuum rated hoses. So check out your hoses, guys. Yellow Jacket has a pick for this. Um, that you can pull your seals out, makes it real easy. And they got bags of seals at the supply houses that carry Yellow Jacket that you can use to switch them out. So check out the Yellow Jacket pick and their hose seals. So the, the, the whole HVAC know-it-all thing started with me being bored to death at my job. Okay. And the reason the reason I was bored to death, well, that was that's one of the reasons. There, there's a few reasons. Bored to death, uh, I needed something, I needed an outlet for me that was just mine, right? That I had control of. Not that I'm a controlling person, but I don't, I've said this before, I don't like taking direction from people about the things that I'm passionate about and I know which will work best. At least I, I think I do. Mm -hmm. I don't like taking direction from people. And I worked for a contractor at the time. I had a boss, I had service manager and I just needed something that wasn't them telling me what to do. Yeah. Right. And I've always liked photography. I took in high school, I took photography. Uh, I took the yearbook class, which we went around and took pictures of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a class where we edited videos and I took that. I loved it. And I've just always like kind of, I'm not the greatest at art whatsoever, but I've always sort of enjoyed sort of art classes mm -hmm. where I could do like one of the, the, the ones I liked the most was when it was graphic art where we designed logos and stuff for businesses. Yeah. I thought that was the, the coolest thing ever. Um, and I was always like, I always like writing short stories, like when grade two, grade three, grade four, like that sort of period of my life mm. where they tell you to write like a storybook. So I've got at this point, maybe 15 years, no, maybe 17 years in a trade, but no, no outlet, no creative outlet. Mm. Right. 
I couldn't. I I don't know how to play an instrument. I'd love to learn how to play guitar, and that's on my bucket list. But I needed a creative outlet. Yeah. And I needed something that was positive for the online community because all I seen was negativity in the online community. Mm-hmm. There was a couple groups around at that point on Facebook, and there was nothing that was positive. So I'm like, what if I create a blog and I started on Facebook because it, it was simple to do. You just start a page and you just post. Yeah. And that's that's kind of how it started. And um, I would say within the first six months, I got, I, I had a, I sort of have a, had a list of things that I wanted to accomplish. I said, if I get 500 followers, for instance, I'm going to create a logo because mm-hmm. now I'm starting to establish, okay, yeah. 500 people follow. That's, I mean, back then, that's that's a that's a good number. A thousand people start to follow. Now I want a website. Now I want my own website where I could write articles, right? Longer articles, not just a couple paragraphs. Um, then it turned into Instagram. Then it turned into LinkedIn. And it turned into TikTok. And it turned into making my own podcast, which started five years ago, maybe. And any sort of outlet that I see that will help grow the brand and can reach an audience that's interested in the trade, I will, I will look at it. Like I've tried Snapchat and I hated it. I didn't understand it. Did <laughs> that's more threads? for that. I'm on threads. Yeah. I tried okay. first. I was on um, Twitter, which is now X and the engagement there sucked for what I do. Hmm. It was like one like. So yeah. what, what's the point? Threads, yeah, I post. I, I started a Threads account and I post there, but I haven't posted in a while. I just didn't find it was as engaging as like Instagram or Facebook right. or even LinkedIn for that matter. Yeah, but it's there. It's there. It's there. Threads needs so, to figure out what it is. I think before anybody. It's, they're, can well, they're trying. Use to, they're, it. they're they're trying to be Twitter, right? Yeah. Well, they need to do better. <laughs> just Instagram is just better to me. I yeah. Mean, TikTok is better to me. Um, but that's how it started. And, and it's funny because the, I would say in May, you said a hundred yeah, I've got about 160,000 followers on Facebook, mm. but in May it was like only 74,000. Wow. So it more than doubled in six months and it more than doubled in that time because of maybe three videos, mm-hmm. three videos went viral and it more than doubled. Wow. And, um, I don't know if you've ever seen a viral video in this trade, but it's when the the, the hate really starts to come down on the viral videos. Yeah. And that's what that's, you know, your people are commenting on this video so much and that's, what's getting it views. And in the end, I mean, it works for you. Yeah. But you know why the hate happens is because it's reaching people that don't follow you. It's reaching people outside of the, of the core community Mm -hmm. and don't know what you're all about. So the first attempt, they have to bash you that's what happens so it's interesting because it's if the people who are you're getting the the video's doing so well because of I would say like the almost the negative comments right because it's getting so much engagement so then who's following you after that is it the people who are commenting negatively or is it the people who I I think I don't think it's the people that's commenting negatively I think it's the people that do see um because if you think about it, the engagement, and this is what when I talk to people about engagement on social media and they're trying to measure it, I said, you need to understand that it's not just the people that liked and comment on that 
post. It's the people that click on it and read it and read all the comments that they're just silent. You don't even know they're there. Yeah. And there's so many of them, right, that will read through and go, oh, my God, look at the, look at the hate here. And um, I can't stand People will chime in and go, I don't get this. Because the, the one video, I think there's 17 million views on it. It was in the summer, I think June, July-ish. And I got my 14-year-old son with me who I brought on some job sites. And I'm teaching him how to press in with a rapid locking system. I'm showing him uh, a NAVAC tool. I think it was a, a tubing expander. And it was brazing as well. Mm-hmm. And people didn't like the way the... It looked like, it looked like I was brazing. So it looked like my, my hoses were here mm-hmm. and I was brazing like an inch away from them because of the video, but it's, it's depth of perception. Right. There's nowhere near, nowhere near. And that was most of the hate. Like, why are you... Why are, <laughs> it looks like you're about to burn your hoses on your torches. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not because there's like, there's like three feet of space between the two. Yeah. You're just looking at a camera view that you don't understand. Right. So that's where most of the hate came from. Mm. Um, but that's not the video that started the... That got a lot of views, but the video that started it was a, a product called Python Pipe. And it's the, the, the scientific name, I guess, is called Pert Alpert. Mm-hmm. And it's just a type of pipe that's made with um, aluminum and some plastics. And it's built for refrigeration. And it's, it's a little different than the Python pipe that they had years ago that you probably haven't even heard of because it was a bit of a disaster. But um, that's where the, the, the viral video started because it was such a new product. And people are like, what is that? Um, you're an idiot for installing it, basically. Some people, some people were interested in it. Mm-hmm. Some people were like, what is, I want to try that out. Um, and it's the new things that are polarizing. Yeah. That are, that, that caused the, I hate it, I love it. I'm not sure just yet. Right. And when you get people from all three camps in there talking, that's what starts and drives engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, if everybody agrees on something and you post about it, well, you're not going to get much engagement. Yeah, I like that. I do too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not going to start a conversation. Right. Right. It's when you get your hands on something that's polarizing and you're testing and people are unsure or interested at the same time, but also have no idea what it is. So the opinions just come out of nowhere. The opinions start flowing out of out of ass cracks like right. that's where they come from because you know the saying every <laughs> opinions are like assholes right mm-hmm. everybody's got one mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> that's that's just what happens that's how the engagement starts yeah i like how you were so bored that you started this and now you're here <laughs> now i'm that's, not bored anymore now, you're now i'm busy 24 7 <laughs> yeah so it did exactly what you wanted it to do did it it was just will. I just yeah. said, this is what I want to do and this is where I want to take it. I want to take it as big and bold as I can and as positive as I can and keep the message consistent over the, the, the whole course. And yeah, it's, it's taken me places I never even dreamed of. So I'm I was going to say, is, is, it, is it what you expected? More at this point. More. And you put a lot of work in too because you said you started that page. How long? ago uh 2016 yeah so it's been it's not like it was an overnight thing um and i too like i value definitely value the being creative and um the art side and i will say i feel like there's never a good time to learn 
want to play guitar because I'm I'm getting lessons right now and it's oh are you cool yeah and it's um something I was like I I've always wanted to do it and it was on my bucket list and I'm like this is not a good time and then I think I saw an ad in like the supermarket um somebody had like put their phone number on those like on pieces of yeah. paper and you just take them off um I was like you know what screw it like I just need to I just need to start. I just need to start. So I've been doing it since like April or May. Um, and it's one of the best things I've ever done. I'm so happy that like I've forced myself into it. And they say, even if you practice five minutes a day, that that's better than, you know, like an hour a week because mm -hmm. you're, you have to get your, um, used to it. You have to get your fingers used to, um, the guitar to holding and it. Have you and built cal callus up on the fingertips yet? Oh Yeah. Yeah, so they don't hurt girl. anymore. No, I'm not. No, I'm, I, I still kind of suck, but I'm definitely getting better. <laughs> <laughs> can you play a song yet? I can play songs. A lot of what I'm learning is more blues, which is a lot of fun. And that's talk about being creative. That's where you can really be creative. I could do a riff that sounds good. It's a lot of fun. So I see. And what kind of music? What kind of music are you? I know you're learning blues, but what kind of music are do you like? Want to play? Okay, well, first of all. I should ask you this first. Do you sing as well? I sing a little bit here and there. Do you? Okay. Yeah. So you consider your singing like decent, good? Yeah, I, I can I can I can carry a tune. Okay. So most people that <laughs> I find this, this is this is what I this is what I find. Most people that want to play guitar like to sing. Yeah. Because why pick up a guitar if you're not gonna sing? Right. And everybody that I know plays guitar will sing with it. I don't know one person. Actually, that's not true. I know one person that will not sing, but is, is amazing at guitar. Mm -hmm. um, and I love, in the shower, man, I, I love so to good. sing. In, in, the work, in the work van, I love to sing. Um, just because it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's almost therapeutic when you're belting that, <laughs> that one note out that you need to get out. No one else is around you. You can like scream at the top of your lungs. But I, I feel like, playing guitar um yeah most people that do sing so that that's my next question what sort of music do you want to sit once you learn what songs do you want to play and what songs do you want to sing one of my favorite bands is lord huron and they're kind of like i guess like indie rock but i also love okay. the strokes and they're more like i guess like alternative rock but mm -hmm. they like shred on the guitar. And so that's, yeah. I'm learning acoustic right now, but I want to pick up electric soon. It's also easier. It's not as hard to, on your fingers. So I'm uh, if you like definitely, rock. <laughs> I'm definitely an, an acoustic guy. I, mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I, it would be cool to play an electric guitar, but if I could just sit at a campfire and play an acoustic guitar and sing a few songs, that would be, that would be it for me. Are you, a country artist is that what you um i i've started to like more country these days mm -hmm. so i grew up in the 90s listening to bands like pearl jam and nirvana and um notorious big wu-tang clan tupac all these um big big 90s bands mm -hmm. eminem dr dre um so i'd say my f my first love of music was probably as a teenager growing up was alternative and hip-hop and those are still, those are still hardcore loves, but I'm starting to like more country these days just because it's getting a little bit more, it's not so old school and laid back. 
it's getting a little bit more progressive. It's 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 kind of sticking with the times and mm-hmm. country artists um, like are, are adding in sort of they're mixing other kind of music in with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's country artists do collabs with hip hop artists now all the time and it, it's just starting to grow and, I, and I'm starting to uh, like it a little bit more for sure. Mm-hmm. So you, so all that to say, you got to pick up a guitar. <laughs> I have one. I own one. Well, then you got to pick it up every oh, day. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fine. Et- etch out the 10 minutes a day for me and I'll gladly do it. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you yeah. need. Um, so did you go to, did you go to college or you just went straight from high school to HVAC? I did. I I went to uh, a trade college and it was a three-year program. I only stayed for two because I got what I needed out of it. Um, some different sort of certifications to handle refrigerant, Mm -hmm. to handle gas, like natural gas and propane. And then the third year was more of sort of an engineering type course and half the class left after two. The guys that stayed for the third year regretted it. They said it was boring, that they wished they went out into the field and started learning and making money. So I was there for two and um, got hired by a, a commercial contractor that I stayed with for 22 years up until almost two years ago now. I've been gone from them, just over a year and a half. A year and a half that you've been on your own? That I've been on my own, um, yeah, running my own mechanical company, yes. So what, what, what is it like to take that step? It's, it's surreal. It's scary. It's, um, when I, so it, it's, it's funny because I still haven't shed the, the things that used to happen within that company. Like if I hit one four, like one, you guys are, miles per hour in the US and mm-hmm. I just drove for a, a week having to abide by miles per hour kilometers <laughs> but if we're on like we have a highway here called the 407 and mm-hmm. it's our version of the of the autobahn is everybody's just everybody's speeding so if and you real quick where's one, here I'm in Toronto just in Toronto, the north okay. of Toronto okay so so very close to Jersey right. um, <laughs> but if you hit the 407 and you're going 140 kilometers an hour which is fast and you can get pulled over and, and get a ticket for that, but that's normal. Like you're you're literally going that fast because someone's up your ass behind you. Mm-hmm. And if you hit if you hit that, you're gonna you're, you're you'd get an email autom- automated from the GPS. And like now, when I'm still driving, I hit one one forty. I'm like expecting to hear my phone go off because I'm getting an email. Mm-hmm. So like these little things are still like in me, and they're really hard to shed. And the fact that no, I'm I don't have to listen to these guys anymore i'm i'm the decision maker Mm. and that's something that took a while to set in yeah it really did like when i woke up and i didn't feel like maybe i felt like sick or coming down with the flu and i'm like you know what? i'm just gonna stay in bed today Mm. i had that not fear but that feeling in my stomach when i used to call in sick and the guy would say well how sick are you like get your ass in here right right but i don't have to deal with that anymore but i still feel it yeah i'm gonna take a break from work yeah so it's it's almost like when they say when people lose a limb, but they can still feel pain like at the end of their fingertips, even yeah. though their fingertips aren't there. It's it's odd. It's very strange. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard it uh, put like that before, but that makes sense, especially because you know if you've been doing something one way for so long, and then and now you switched it up, it's going to probably take some time to get used to. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. That being said, and now mm-hmm. I guess with all the like the large following that you have on not only Facebook but Instagram and and TikTok, do you feel like you deal with imposter syndrome? Yes, all the time. I even wrote. Did I write a? Did I write something about that. I may have written something about that. Mm. But I do. Yeah, I I felt it. Yeah, a lot. And how do you combat that? I think by what we talked about earlier, by staying grounded. Mm. Don't don't get too low. I mean, there there's there's evils about being too high, but there's evils about being too low. And uh, it's it's I'm never satisfied, right? With my what I do myself. Like I'm never I'm never really satisfied. I I want more. Not necessarily more. I don't know. I don't know if more is the the right word. But I'm never really content. Mm. I'm like I'm always. I feel like the minute I get content is the minute I get complacent. Yeah. So I drive myself not to be content, and I think that's just in me somewhere that I can't help it. It just happens. So the imposter thing. It's funny because maybe there's some people listening that might not even know what imposter syndrome is, and my definition and you can tell me what you think if you agree if you have a different definition but my definition is working hard i mean and getting the things you want in return for that hard work but feeling like you don't deserve it Mm. is that something is would you say that's yeah accurate or yeah i would agree and i think too it's kind of like maybe other people are looking to you for advice or like they they they're holding you in in in, in a high esteem and and you're kind of like like wait what (laughs) why are you doing that do i actually know what i'm talking about um but yeah very yeah very true and and people ask me things all the time that i don't know how to answer Mm. right they they see the name some people might even think the name is actually like legit like hvac Mm know-it-all i can ask that account anything because they're HVAC know-it-all. Well, that's not the case. Right. It's just the name was was built out, out of humor and sarcasm and it was built on my experience with dealing with other people in the trade. It's like you have a conversation and the other person on the other end just seems to know the answer to everything even though they're putting their foot in their mouth at the same time. It's It's, it's very strange to hear someone act like they know everything you'll find this is is there something that you know a lot about like you know a lot about something and then you get into a group where someone knows maybe a little bit about it but they think they're an expert yeah and you listen to them talk and you go that person has no idea what they're talking about yeah so how many other times have i listened to that person about them knowing this much and got advice from them and, and and did it right it's just that Everybody thinks they know everything. And it was built on it was built on all that. And I thought it was a good internet handle too. It was attractive. Like what is what is this? What is HVAC know it all? It's probably Let's better than out. HVAC know some things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> HVAC, I know a little bit. I know a little bit, but yeah. not a lot. Yeah, that's um, right. So Yeah. Yeah, but I, I get it. People message me all the time and think that I'm gonna know the answer to everything. I have no idea half the things that people ask me because I've never experienced it before mm-hmm. or I've never worked on that equipment or I don't know the code to 
the, the, the access code into half of these things that people are asking me for. I don't know what it is. Right. But, I mean, collectively, if you take all the people in that, that is in the, the audience under the umbrella, collectively, we might know it all. There's going to be someone that knows the answer or will get you on the right path, right? Yeah. So what's your philosophy then when it comes to helping other people? Because like you said, you probably get a lot of questions. Um, my philosophy on helping is if, if I have the time, so let's, let's, let's pretend time is not a thing, right? And I have all the time in the world. If somebody approaches me with a very genuine question and they really want to learn, then I, will, I would help them all day, mm-hmm. right? But they got to be genuine and they got to really want to learn. Yeah. And if they show that, then I'll give that same effort back to them. Mm. So can you apply that to if somebody sends you a DM? I think you can. I think you can. I think there's, there's ways that people can ask like, hey, how you doing, man? I like what you do online. I've been working on this and I'm kind of stuck. Can you help me out? Yeah. If you approach me like that, that tells me that you're respectful uh, you're respectful of my time. Um, I mean, you, you're, you're giving me a compliment, which I don't need, but to show that you're respectful of my time and respectful of what I may be able to help you with, it, it, it's, that goes a long way, right? Yeah. It, it, it goes a long way. But if somebody messages and says, what's this, right? That's a yeah. little different. What's this? Well, right. what, do you, what do you mean, what's this? Go, go into detail a little bit. Say, hi, how you doing? Introduce yourself to me. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. then we'll talk. There is a form of etiquette that I feel like has been lost. I don't know when it got lost, but I mean, I get the same thing. Like some people, like I'll get messages on Facebook or Instagram and it's just like, it'll probably start off with this equipment sucks. Like... <laughs> Um, and then followed by like a problem and it's like, okay. And then I, I mean, on my end, I always respond with like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to be any kind of way back. I still want to maintain, you know, how, how I speak to people, like how I would like to be spoken to. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it gets frustrating for sure. Yeah. So the you get technical questions on your social media right because yeah. there are people that are reaching out may have technical questions so do you then refer to a technical team and then respond back to them afterwards yeah so what i usually do is depending on the question um i will tell people to email our service because some pe- i think sometimes you know social media becomes customer service and i am not the service team. So I will send it over to our service team and they usually will be able to help them right away or yeah. call them right away or um, yeah. send them an email. So it's really just kind of, you know, just putting them where they need to be, getting their question in front of the right person. Mm-hmm. I will say, so unfortunately, that- I feel like I, but Insta, like, you know, social media, it, going back to that like immediate gratification thing, it's like people want a response right away. And you know what drives me insane? This is what drives me insane. And this is a message to the people that are listening. Don't expect somebody that creates content to be able to 
put everything in that piece of content that you personally want to see. Mm. Right? And this is what I mean by that. I could make a, a two or three minute video and I like to create, let's say the day started with me fixing, uh, I don't know, whatever I'm fixing. But I like to start the day or start the content and tell a story. With, if I make a video, I like to tell the story in, in that, that chronological form in the video. And then I might be brazing something and, um, and then go, and then it'll go to the next scene. And now I'm pulling a vacuum or something. And someone will say, well, you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I didn't do that? How do you know I didn't do that? Well, it's not in the video. Well, right. <laughs> so you want like my whole t- eight hour day in a video for you to watch? Cause you're not going to watch the whole thing. Right. You're so going to watch assume, 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I said, and then I, I've, I've even said this to people. I'm like, I can't believe we're in this day and age where someone feels that selfish that they pick up a phone and scroll through it and watch a video and go, well, wait a minute. He didn't show me everything that I want to see in this video. So I'm going to complain about it. Yeah. Like you can't expect that. Just if, the, if there's something you want to know, just ask a question. Yeah. Don't assume that it didn't happen because it didn't show up in the, in the two minute video of an eight hour day. Right. That's, that's ridiculous. And I think too, people don't want to look for something. Like, I feel like something like that just happened where I, it was kind of like taking somebody through like a, okay, like here's the link to, to this thing, but you could have just clicked on it, like, or like gone to the website and clicked on it. And it was, people don't want to look for things anymore. I think we just get lazy. Um, I think we mm-hmm. want it right in front of our face and when we don't have it, then we take it out on people who are in the way or like, you know, they're that like middle person and that's who gets, that's who gets the brunt of it. And then somebody, I think like similar to you, somebody commented on that video that I posted of our showroom in Manhattan and was like, oh, maybe you should, guys should post like training videos on your YouTube instead of you like playing around in the city. And I was like, we actually do post videos on our YouTube channel. Here's the link. So it's like, you know, there's always some. There's always something wrong, and you can't please everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it would be cool to see that the one I, I think you you may have posted this two or three weeks ago, talking about the type of corrosion resistant copper mm-hmm. that you guys use to make your coils. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. I mean, I've never heard of that before. Well, I've heard of coatings that go on copper. Mm-hmm. And, but you were saying in, in your post that the copper is corrosion resistant and it's actually the way they, they make the copper. They put an additive into it. I yeah. believe that's what you said in the post. So things like that are pretty cool. And I mean, even if you could go deeper and make content of the, the way they're doing it in the factory, that, that would be kind of cool too. I just, anything that's, cool. even, even, though it's, even though it's a corporate image that you're trying to project, it's still going to be done in a way that's, reaching the audience that you're trying to um that you're trying to focus on and what what do they want to see they want to see some raw content of some repairs or being educated on what to do on this sort of scenario or that type of install yeah so if there's any way that you can and that's why i think getting on on job sites is the best way to do that Mm -hmm. and that's why i wanted to go on my own too that's one of the reasons i wanted to go on my own with my company, McCready HVAC, is because now I can pick and choose the job sites I want to go on, and that's going to allow me to make the content that I want to make too. Because it was just, honestly, it was the same 
stuff I was doing all the time, the same rooftops I was looking at, yeah. the same buildings I'm going into. How do you create a variety of content when you're working on the same equipment every three months or every two months? You can't. So I wanted to pair and make the businesses separate, but I wanted to play them off of each other yeah. so they could help each other out and help me create better educational content for my audience. Did you ever consider leaving HVAC? Um, I, that's a tough question. I, I have in the past, but the problem was the, the opportunity wasn't as, it wasn't there like it was in HVAC. Yeah. The opportunity wasn't there. I mean, there, there's times that I think I want kids going into this trade. I do 100%. And I, and I promote that. But there's times I, I, I'm standing at the edge of a roof roping something up and thinking, do I want one of my kids standing on the edge of a roof roping something up? Mm-hmm. Like, as a, as a dad, do I want that? And that, that's a tough one for me. Yeah. Do I want them breathing in refrigerant and phosgene? And do I want them coming across things where they might tear a piece of insulation down, not be educated enough, breathe in asbestos. These are the things I don't want my kids in that position. So it, it, it becomes a tough choice, right? Um, but at the same time, my son, who is 14, is very tech savvy. And I keep telling him, I said, listen, you're good with this stuff. But the problem is, is that all this stuff on computers, AI is starting to do it for people now. Imagine in 10, 15 years. Mm. I mean, there might not be IT people anymore in 10, 15 years because AI might just do it. Right. Might fix the computers internally. Yeah, you're going to have to pull cables out and switch them around sometimes here and there, but it's going to diminish the the whole IT department. I mean, how many grocery stores do you go to now where it's just all self-checkout? Yeah, that doesn't work I mean, half the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's, that's what I said to him. I said, you need a skill that's going to allow you to continue to work when AI takes over all this computer stuff. Yeah. And that skill is something I can teach him. But I always have a fear of him standing at the edge of a roof, roping mm-hmm. up a heavy compressor, and he gets lightheaded and falls, falls over and falls off the roof. These are things that go through your mind as, as, as a parent, right? So. Right. But at the same time, it'd be a great trade for, for my kids to get in. I got three boys. I mean, mm-hmm. I can... I could have a That's I could have fun. an army of of techs coming coming out the woodwork if they want to do it. You've got your own you've got your whole own company right there. You don't need anybody else. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's I think I think I mean I could imagine that's it's tough being a parent and and you know, you want your kid, you obviously don't want to put your kid in harm's way, but at the same time mm-hmm. they're like delegated to you, right? When they're born. It's not like they don't belong to you, but you're kind of in a way like appointed to take care of them and raise them but at, at some point they have to decide what they want to do on their own mm-hmm. agreed but what do i know i'm just an aunt <laughs> being so busy being the busy man that you are with all of your businesses and social media how do you make time mm-hmm. for your other priorities um uh, well my priority my other priority is is definitely family for sure Right. That's that is um, that is first and foremost. Obviously, I need to work in order to create the the environment, not the environment, but create the life that my 
my family would enjoy. Like that's mm-hmm. a, as a as a man, most men have this bred into them. They they want to provide for their family, and they'll they'll do anything they can in order to provide that for their family. And that's that's kind of the way I am. Um, but there's things that I've realized. I talk to my brother about this all the time. Like we watched my dad work, come home from work, paint, um, do rentals around the house, finish a basement, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we both agreed. Like it, if you can hire someone to cut your grass for $40 a week, if you can afford it, or if you're in the position to do that, where you can now, now I don't need to come home and cut the grass right away. Now I can go home and sit in the backyard with the family and have a drink, barbecue dinner, right? Because mm-hmm. I love barbecuing dinner. You guys, you guys call it grilling, I think, most of the time in the U.S. from the people I've talked to. But mm-hmm. instead of cutting the grass, now I'm doing something I enjoy, and I'm now I'm barbecuing food for my family, oh. um, painting my house. That's the last thing I want to do is <laughs> paint my house on right. the weekend. I don't want to do that. I'd rather hire someone to do it. And by doing so, I get to spend more time doing what I enjoy with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's just, you, you just gotta, it's, it's a really fine line and it's a tough balance, but if you don't balance it on either end, shit's gonna hit the fan. So mm-hmm. you gotta yeah. figure out where that balance is and, and it's different for everybody. Yeah, and I think I think sometimes we have that own like conviction in ourselves too. Like, okay, if if you have to think, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, or maybe I sh- maybe I should give this to somebody else. You probably should be, just because I, I think our inner voice is often like sometimes we kind of try to quiet it because, you know, I think we want to be right or we want to do everything, but we really don't have to. No, you don't have to. You don't have to, um, but sometimes you're in the position where you do have to do everything because you just might not be in that position. Like there was times, there was times in my life I had to do every single thing that had to be done because I could, 10 years ago, I couldn't afford to pay somebody to cut my grass for me. I had mm-hmm. to do it, right? I had to, I was changing my, my own oil on, on my car, but that's a pain in the ass too. Uh, just things like that. It's once you can, delegate obviously it's going to cost you but there's a value attached to it and you have to figure out what you're willing to trade yeah. for that right because it's not always money i mean if if i had to put value on time i don't think i could ever do that a, 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 a monetized value on time how, how can you do that yeah life's too short so it is you got to make use of of your time <laughs> best you can yeah you do well Gary it was so nice chatting with you is there anything else that you want to say um yeah I've I've said a lot actually already so I I don't (laughs) know what else I don't I don't know what else I I guess just just be humble people Mm. Uh, don't get too high don't get too low stay grounded work hard uh, be respectful of others. Be respectful of others' time. Um, more, more appropriately, be respectful more of other people's time because that's one of the, the, the frustrating things to me is when I spend time 
because I work with a lot of tool manufacturers. I take in products that are new and I, I learn them and I test them and I use them on job sites. And then I'll go out and talk about it and I'll get people telling me that it's a piece of shit mm. that they haven't even touched. Well, I spent like a month playing around with that thing before I told you about it. So just be a little bit more respectful. I, I understand people don't know that. People, I, people aren't aware of that. It might not be so apparent or obvious to people, but I don't know, man. The world is just a hateful place sometimes, and, and you can see a lot of that on social media. And um, I think it's just a lack of respect, really. Lack of respect, a lack of being grounded, a lack of being humble. I don't, I don't know any other way to put it, really. Well, I think you put it put it right. <laughs> Hopefully. Stay? Hopefully. It's Stay not always home. the... Yeah, I, I don't know. Just, just my, my thought, my opinion. Yeah, well, your opinion is valid, and I appreciate you giving it so thank you well i appreciate you inviting me on gianna yeah it was great it was great talking and getting to know you more and hopefully hopefully <laughs> hopefully that's it no um are you going to ahr i don't know yet we'll okay. see it'll be it'll be a game time decision we love and a game time decision yeah it will definitely be a game time decision like literally maybe even the week of i'll be making the decision so All right. maybe well, that's exciting right now that's exciting and maybe maybe i will see you there perfect all right hope you enjoyed the show follow hvac know-it-all on instagram facebook youtube tiktok twitter linkedin and anywhere else gary feels like popping up this has been a two smokes and a coffee production